Keychain, you're making me nervous. Easy, Joe. You're blowing your top, kid. Don't call me kid. Now, look, Eddie, I'm trying to be calm. Trying to be calm ain't easy with a guy like you. Now, tell me what happened and tell me fast. Solid. Nothing to get excited about, kid. Don't call me kid. Now, look, I'm your boss, Joe D'Angelo. You call me Mr. D'Angelo or Joe. But you don't call me kid, you get that? Okay, kid. What? You want a report? Here it is. I passed two of the $100 bills you're making in competition with the government. No trouble. You like that? Two of them, huh? And it's good where? One of them I got rid of down at the restaurant on Green Street. No trouble. Uh-huh. The other I got rid of at the haberdashery. Guy looks the bill over good, and he gives me the change as nice as you please. We're in business, Joe. <laughs> you bet your life we are. Only this local stuff is small time, see? Tell you what I want to do now, Eddie. Yeah? I want you to make contacts in different cities. Sell them the counterfeit bills I make. Can you do it? Natch. Push over. What do you want from them? 25%. I want 25 bucks a good dough for every $100 phony. Can you get it? I'm going to get more than that, kid. I'm getting 30 bucks instead of 25. Okay, I could use the other five. Yeah, maybe you can, kid. The other five goes to me. That's my commission. Don't start anything, Eddie. Remember now, you just work for me. You do like I tell you. Yeah, who takes the risks of passing the queer? You? No, me. And I'll get what I can for you here. Don't you forget, the FBI would like to know what you're doing. Now that that's settled, I think... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Georgie! Georgie, come in here! Hey, what is this? You'll find out. Come in, come in, Georgie. Really, Mr. D'Angelo, I wish you wouldn't scream my name. It's disturbing. Well, what is it you want? Georgie, uh, Eddie here is uh, getting ambitious. Hmm. Might have expected something like that from him. Look at what he's wearing. The suit coat is three inches too long, that keychain is in horrible taste, and the color of that suit, midnight blue. Hey, what is this, a lesson in what I should wear? What do you want with Georgie, Joe? You'll find out. Georgie, you're a good boy. So I'm going to let you have some fun. Right now. Look on my arm. Joe, Joe, Mr. D'Angelo, let go ahead. Let go, will Georgie, you? I can't hold this Joe. character all day. Joe, let me go, will you? it? Of course Joe. I have. Right all here. Right. Joe, let me go. I'm ready to use it. Joe, no. <laughs> Done, Mr. D'Angelo. You won't have any trouble at all from him from now on. Oh, dear. What's the matter, Georgie? Oh, nothing. It's all right. I thought for a moment I'd gotten a bit of lint from his shirt... On my suit. But, Mr. Markham, my boy is gone. And he was a good boy, Mr. Markham. I'm sure he was, Mrs. Macon, but there isn't anything I can do. You can... I'm district attorney. You want the police department, Bureau of Missing Persons. No, no. I'll get them on the phone for you. No, 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 no. It is not them I want. You you and your friend Philo Vance, I hear about Mrs. you. Mrs. Macon, I, I read about the two of you. And now my Eddie is a missing. 
You can find him, Mr. Markham. He, he's a good boy. Well, if it'll help you any to tell me about him, Mrs. Macon, go right ahead. Yeah. I'll turn the information over to the proper authorities. Uh, Mr. Markham, last night, Eddie, he does not come home. All the ways he comes home. Every night. Last night, he does not come home. Three weeks ago, he quit his job. It's a good job, Mr. Markham. He was a shipping clerk. Go ahead, Mrs. Macon. Uh, after he leave that job, he have more money than when he work. I said to him, Eddie, I said, where do you get this money? But they won't tell me. And now he's gone. Something has happened to him, Mr. Markham. You, you have got to find out where what it is. You, you, you and Mr. Vance. You... I hardly think this is a matter of advance, Mrs. Macon, but I can promise you this. I have a description of your son yeah, yes. and the photograph you brought me. Yes, yes, I'll yeah, do I... what I can to find him. You can depend on that. I'll do what I can. Again, you're filing your nails, always filing your nails. Put that file away, Georgie. Certainly, Mr. D'Angelo. You sound upset. Is there something wrong? That kid. That Eddie Macon we knocked off. <laughs> we don't need him, I assure you. I'm quite capable of passing all the counterfeit bills you make and of making connections to have them passed in other cities. So why worry about him? Oh, yeah? Suppose they find his body. Suppose they trace it back to us, then what? My dear Mr. D'Angelo, don't be ridiculous. First of all, they'll never find his body. It's down at the bottom of the lake, very carefully weighed with a very heavy stone. Second of all, even if they did find it, there is nothing that will lead the police to us. Absolutely nothing. What are you going to do now? I'm going to go to work on this press. Might as well get some of those bills moving, in case we have to blow town in a hurry. Ridiculous. We'll be here as long as we like. See you later. Where are you going? Out of here. I simply won't be able to stand the sound of that printing machine. Beautiful <laughs> drive, Vance. Thank you, Markham. Beautiful drive, beautiful day for golf. What more could a man want? What's wrong with a beautiful dame? That wouldn't hurt me. <laughs> a caddy has something there, Vance. Yes, he has. <laughs> but a beautiful girl might lead to trouble. And this is no day for trouble. I'll go down to your ball, Mr. Vance. I'll be there by the time Mr. Markham shoots. I hope I hit one long enough so that I have to really walk for it. I need the exercise. Well, here goes. Well, not bad, my friend. It's right up there with mine. Come on, let's go. Right. Uh, oh, by the way, Vance, there was a woman in my office to see me this morning. Uh-oh. Quite an old woman. Her son had disappeared. From what I gathered, he was a good boy who met a wrong crowd. She was terribly worried. That's one of the things you can always depend upon a mother to do. Worry. Did you turn it over to the missing persons bureau? Yes, but they haven't uncovered anything. Oh, well, I don't imagine we should concern ourselves with it. After all, it is a beautiful day. I wonder where my shot landed. Our caddy is standing down the fairway a bit. One of us is there, no doubt. Probably both of us. Both shots were headed in the same direction. We'll see. Oh, by the way, Vance, this is a course you've never played before. There's a stream running through the fairway about 300 yards from the tee. That should be about a 100 yards from where our shot landed. Water hazard in the middle of the course, eh? Definitely unfair. <laughs> <laughs> Natural hazard, I believe. But a good brassy shot will carry it over onto the green. Well, here we are. And both together, as I imagined. Uh, boy, brassy, please. Yes, sir, here you are. Thank you. There's water about 100 yards down, sir. So Mr. Markham was telling me. Water comes from Lake Ralph. We go ice skating there in the wintertime. Boy, fun. So I'd imagine, swimming in summer, skating in winter. Oh, not much swimming, Mr. Vance. A couple of boats and ducks in the lake all the time. Funniest ducks you ever saw. What's funny about them? 
Well, this morning I seen them on my way here. They got red feet. Red feet, eh? Yeah. That is strange. Well, here goes a try with this brassy. Hope I get enough carry with it. I'm betting on you. <laughs> well, thanks for your confidence. There it goes. A beauty, Vance. Now, if I can only duplicate that shot. If I were you, I would mark him. Principally because this is the last hole we'll have time to play. Nonsense. We're playing all day. I don't think you'll want to play after what I have to tell you. Oh, what is it, Vance? You see, in the event that the missing Eddie Macon was stabbed, I think I know where his body is. Well, Vance, the police driver found Eddie Macon's body at the bottom of Lake Ralph, and it'll be brought to the surface any minute now. But how did you know it would be there? The clue of the red ducks, Markham. Remember what the caddy told us? The only thing that would account for red feet on ducks would be blood in the water. And blood in the water could come from a body if it had been stabbed. Wait a minute, Vance, please. If there were blood on the water, it would have been noticed, wouldn't it? Certainly. But the blood became dissipated in and by the water, Markham. Only before it had, the ducks swam over the spot where the body was located, got blood on their feet, and then went on land. <laughs> I'm enjoying this, Vance. You're even able to trace the movements of ducks. <laughs> what a man. Well, it's reasonably simple. On land, the water from the ducks' feet would dry, but the blood would cake and be retained in the webbing. I suppose that's right. In fact, I know it's right now. Oh, we've got men going all through those bushes on shore here looking for some tie-up with the crime. I hope they find something. Merely getting the body will tell us nothing, I'm afraid. I'm going to enjoy working on this case even more than I usually enjoy working on a murder case. Why? Because the killers spoiled our golf game? Yes, that and the fact that we're not going to have very much to work with, if anything. You're a strange man, Vance. The tougher the problem, the greater pleasure for you. <laughs> Most of the time, it's the other way. Well, that's Sergeant Heath's voice. Over here, Heath! From the tone of the sergeant's voice, I'd say he'd found something. I certainly hope so. Hi, Mr. Markham. Well, hello, Vance. You're here on this case, too, huh? That's right. It's because of Vance that we're here on this case, Heath. What's up? Well, one of my men was beating around the bushes, came up with this glove. It's all bloodstained, but all identification's been removed. Uh, let me see that, will you, Heath? Sure, Thank you. Hey, what are you turning it inside out for? I told you all the marks have been removed. Yes, you did. Oh, even the button's been yanked off. Guess it had the name of the maker on it. Well, that's true, of course, but this glove is very informative just the same. What do you mean, Vance? Well, for one thing, it hasn't lain in the bushes very long, which means it probably was thrown away by the murderer of Eddie Macon, who's only been missing 24 hours. Well, so what? What good is that if we can't tell anything about the murderer? We can tell a lot about him from this glove, Heath. Huh? If I were you, I'd send out an alarm for a tall, thin man about six foot two, immaculate in dress, left-handed, carries a walking stick, and, uh... Yes, he's blonde. Ah. Vance, how in the world do you know that? Let's get in your car and drive over to see Eddie Macon's mother, Markham. I'll tell you all about it on the way. Well, I'm waiting, Vance. Sorry, Markham, I was just thinking of something, but it doesn't matter now. What you want to know is how I got the picture of our murder suspect just from looking at a blood-stained glove. That's right. Well, it's reasonably simple. The glove was a large size, leading me to assume that the murderer was a tall man. However, the fingers on the glove were very narrow, hence the killer was thin. But the way he dressed and the fact that he was left-handed and carried a stick... Most men who carry a stick are meticulous in dress, Markham. And the glove was a little worn between the index finger and the inside of the thumb. Only a stick would cause a worn spot such as I noticed in that particular place. Well, granting all that, what about the fact that he was left-handed? 
that he was blonde, that he was well-dressed. Left-handed? Well, the glove we found was a left glove, and apparently he carried his stick in his left hand. Blonde? I saw a very small blonde hair on the inside of the glove. The police laboratory would have detected that, I'm sure. And what about the business of his being well-dressed? There were traces of liquid nail polish on the tip of the inside of the fingers, Markham. Apparently, after his most recent manicure, he was in a hurry and didn't give the polish a chance to dry. That's all there is to it. That and the fact that most men who carry a stick are well-dressed. It certainly sounds simple the way you say it. And it's just as well that the explanation's over because here's Mrs. Megan's house. Oh, uh, she knows about her son. Yes, Heath telephoned her. I imagine she's all broken up. She was almost hysterical when she came into my office to report him missing. We'll soon find out. Coming, Markham. Of course. What do you expect to find here, Vance? If we're lucky, Mrs. Macon will be able to tell us which of her son's friends answers the description I feel fits the murderer. That'll certainly simplify this case. Yes, it will. And it's one reason that I don't believe we'll find anything. The bell, Markham. Right. There's one thing I hate. It's dealing with hysterical women, Vance. We may have a surprise in store for us there, too, Markham. Yes. Oh, it is Mr. Markham. Yes, hello, Mrs. Macon. This is Philo Vance. You remember you asked me to get him to help find your son. Yes, and you would not do it. It wouldn't have done any good, Mrs. Macon. Your son was already dead when you came to see Mr. Markham. Perhaps. What is it you want? We have a description of a man we believe might be your son's murderer. We'd like to know if you knew such a man. What does he look like? He's tall, blonde, dresses very well, carries a walking stick, quite thin. I don't know anybody like that. And neither did my son. You can't help us? You could not help me. I cannot help you. Good day, gentlemen. This is District Attorney Markham. The Red Duck murder case began with the finding of the body of Eddie Macon, who had been stabbed. From a glove discovered near the scene of the crime, Philo Vance has constructed a detailed picture of the killer. So far, we have been unable to find a man answering the description. At this time, he might be almost anywhere. In a taxi, in a park, in a shop. Come, come, my man. Please, just wrap it up and give it to me and I'll take it with me. I have my car outside. Just one moment, sir, please, if you don't mind. One moment? What for? I'm in a hurry. Yes, but you've given me a hundred-dollar bill. I'll have to get the change from the back of the shop. I won't be but a moment, sir. Very well, but hurry. I don't have all day. Fine thing, shopkeeper who can't keep change for a hundred in his register. headquarters. Hello, this is Bailey at Bailey's Men's Shop on Main Street. A man is in the shop, tall, blonde, and he's carrying a stick. He just gave me a hundred dollar bill. It's one of those counterfeits we were told to watch out for. Good. Stall him there a few minutes. We'll be right over. Right. Sorry to have kept you waiting, sir. But I'll have your chains in just a moment. Very cute, weren't you? But you don't trap me. I'm getting out of here. What? Hey, you, stop! Stop. Excuse me, please. Pardon me, please. Stop him, somebody. Somebody stop that man in the roaster there. Hey, you. You in the car. Stop. 
Okay. Get off, you fool. Get off. Oh, no, my friend. I'm hanging under this door. I warn you to get off. This gun will change your mind. Oh! Get off or I'll slam it down on your other hand. There. Oh! Now, off! <laughs> Markham speaking. This is Vance, Markham. Vance, I'm... I've been calling you all over town. We're hot on the trail of the blonde killer. He's tied up with a counterfeit ring. Did you know that? No, tell me about it. He tried to pass a counterfeit bill, and the shopkeeper almost grabbed him. He answers your description perfectly, by the way. Good. Well, it isn't so very good. We still don't know where to locate him. Well, that's why I called you. I can tell you where he lives. What? Sergeant Heath and I made a very thorough canvas of custom tailors, better-type haberdashers, and barber shops, and finally found our blonde friend's manicurist. I asked Heath to let me take it from there. Well, that's fine with me, but do we grab our blonde counterfeiter now? No, Markham. We're not ready for that yet. You meet me at the address I'll give you in a moment, and we'll make plans to break up the whole counterfeit ring. We'll break that up and get our murderer at the same time. Please, Mr. D'Angelo, please turn off that printing press. Now, take it easy, Georgie. You file your nails, it gets on my nerves. My press gets on yours. Same difference. Please turn it off, won't you? Okay, okay. Only every time it makes a noise, we make another load of dough, Georgie. Don't forget that. I know. And money is terribly important. It buys clothes, handmade shirts, this Hamburg hat. I... Yes, I must have money, Joe. Oh, you're going to roll in it in another week, Georgie. <laughs> I yes, know, Mr. Uh... D'Angelo. You and I are very clever, aren't we? We're the best, Georgie. The best. <laughs> I make them, you pass them. When there's trouble... We handle it. <laughs> you should have seen the face of the fellow I pushed off my car. Uh, any chance of us tracing the car, Georgie? None at all. I had a rag over the license plates. Horribly dirty rag. Yeah, did an awful clean job for us. Don't forget that. No, that's true. Mr. D'Angelo, nobody is any closer to us than they were before we killed Eddie Macon. We're completely in the clear. And we'll stay that way until we leave town. Right? Right. One more week and we'll have enough counterfeit money made to start our own treasury department. Then, a month to drop it off in different cities. And then you know where I'm going, Georgie? No. Where? <laughs> I'm going to spend the rest of my life on Easy Street. <laughs> yet, Markham? No, Vance. I'm still holding the phone, and the operator's still checking for the address. Quite a nice apartment the blonde killer has, isn't it? Excellent taste. I'm still not quite sure how you found it, Vance. Well, Markham, his type of man had to have his nails done very often, usually by the same manicurist. Sergeant Heath and I found a manicurist at one of the better hotels who had a customer answering our description. She once had to go to his apartment to do his nails and remembered the address. It was as simple as that. <laughs> That's everything is simple once you set to work on it. I sure wish this operator would answer. I wish our blonde friend had been here when we broke into his apartment. All we found was that telephone number on his pad. What happens after the operator gives us the name and address belonging to that number? It all depends on who the number belongs to. 
we think I'm of... sorry to keep you waiting, oh, wait sir. Minute, it's all right, miss. I'm still here. The number is listed under the name of Joseph D'Angelo Printer at 484 Jean Street. D'Angelo Printer. Thank you very much. Vance? I know. I heard. Well, it's all starting to tie up now, Markham. You get Heath and a squad of men. I'm going to 484 Jean Street. <laughs> Matter, Georgie, what's going on? We've got to get out of here. Oh, wait till I turn off this machine. Oh, what is this? I just called the shop where I have my nails done. I have to make an appointment. Yeah, you see, never I mind all that. What happened? The girl told me a man was asking questions about me. Said he was a friend of mine. She told him where I lived, and Joe, I have this phone number written on a pad. Oh, you jerk. Well, come on. Let's break all this stuff and throw Very it in the well. melting pot. Yes. Anybody comes here two minutes from now won't find a thing. All that lovely money, too. Every hunk of paper in a joint. Now, come on, hurry. Right. Guy who asked those questions might be here any minute now. Yes. Take the lid off that stove down there. All right. This money lying around isn't dry yet. I'll get ink all over my hands. So what? Take off your coat. We've got work to do. I'll get ink on this beautiful shirt. I, I just had it made. Take that coat off and step on it. Here. Dump these bills into the fire. All right. I'm going to take the press apart and knock down those plates. Oh, my beautiful shirt. It'll be ruined. I'll get the money out of the way. One more trip, but I'll make it. I'll bang this press into so many pieces, nobody will know what it was. Couldn't we save the plates? Those beautifully engraved plates on the table. They go next. Right into the fire, pretty boy. How you doing? I'm... I've destroyed all the money. Good. Ah, i got to go to work on these. I wouldn't work but... on anything if I were you. Georgie, this must be the guy who asked questions. The knife, Georgie, the knife. Only how'd he get in? The door was open and I walked in. The knife, Georgie, use the knife. The knife, Mr. Oh, no, you don't get him, Georgie. I'll hold his arm. No, you don't either. Oh. Trying to do that more often. You'll never do anything again, ever. This knife drop will... It. Drop that no, knife. No, my arm, my arm. Drop it. Let go. The... go. I'll, I'll drop it. <sighs> but I'll get out of here. You'll never catch me. Never saw a man so wrong in my life. I... Friends out cold, and I'm holding you here until the police come. Stop it! Stop it and let me alone! You stay right here against this table. No, oh, no you don't! No! Don't try to get away! Got me! Stop it! You're breaking my back! Yes. Breaking my back! You're I breaking tell you. my heart! I'll. Oh. 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 Thank you, Mr. D'Angelo. He didn't hit you as hard as you thought. Uh, I got a tough chin. Now listen, Georgie. That guy I just slugged, Philo Vance. That means the cops will be here soon. Now, come on, help me break up this engraving plate on the table, and when the cops get here, nobody will know what we've been up to. There won't be a trace of anything. But what about Vance? He's yours, yours and your knives. Good. In that case, let's hurry and break up these plates. I can take care of this alone. You go on over and lock the outside door so we don't have no more company. Sure, I'll do that, Mr. D'Angelo. <coughs> All locked, Mr. D'Angelo. What do we do now? Nah, we're just about taking care of these plates... That does it. Now we get to work on Vance. Open up in there. Open up. Well, cops, they're breaking in the door, Mr. D'Angelo. What shall we do? Get out of here. The back way and fast. Come no, on. no, not yet. I've got to take care of Mr. Vance. I've got to be... What? Oh. Come on, men. All right. Oh. Hold, it both of you. Hold it right where you are. Take your uh, hands you off, have please. to take care of Mr. Vance. Oh. We could have been out of here. All right, Mr. Markham. Hey, look at Vance on the floor. Vance. Vance, are you all right? Okay. Vance, uh, come on. You're going with us. What for? What do you got on us? We saw this guy break in and we slugged him. We thought he was a stick-up guy. Mr. Markham. Don't try anything funny, D'Angelo. We know you've been counterfeiting and we can prove it. Yeah, how? See any phony dough around? Any plates? Markham, Mr. D'Angelo is right. Vance, can you get up all right? 
I'll be all right in a minute. What I was saying is that Mr. D'Angelo is right. There's practically no evidence of counterfeiting in this place now. Hey, say, what did I tell you? Yes. Do you see what Mr. D'Angelo told you? I said there was practically no evidence. Turn around, my blonde friend. Turn around and show the district attorney indisputable evidence that not only was there counterfeiting going on here, but that you and Mr. D'Angelo were doing it. much to discuss in this case, is there, Markham? Uh, just one thing, Vance. Our blonde friend George in the back of his shirt. Oh, that. Well, I suspected that D'Angelo and George would break up their plates if they succeeded in overpowering me. So, before they did, I forced George in his clean white shirt up against the engraving plate. So, when he turned around, you saw several counterfeit impressions <laughs> of $100 bills on it. <laughs> yes, we did. And I don't mind telling you we needed that evidence to make sure that that was the end of the two counterfeiters. George confessed rather easily, I understand. Yes, yes, his type always does, Vance. He admitted he killed Eddie Macon. Well, then, that little device of mine not only meant the end of the two counterfeiters, but also the end of the Red Duck murder case. (laughs) 